And now, this is the DDT Wrestling Podcast with DC Matthews and Doc Manson. Doc Manson. Doc Manson. We're here. Where, where, where are we? Where are we, DC Matthews at the DC Matthews? That was a terrible Bray Wyatt. I should have I should have workshopped it. But oh, I, I, I was trying to do a little homage, if you will, a homage, if you will, to. Uh, is it wrong that the first thing that I thought of is, well, he's not really here anymore. No. OK. No. Uh, last week. We Poor talk- guy, though, man. 36. That's I young. Know. Last week, we talked about Terry Funk, and I think within 24 hours of us recording last week's podcast, we get the news uh, about uh, Mr. Bray Wyatt, Wyndham Rotunda. Um, You know, I am sure by now everybody else on the planet has recorded a podcast about it. Uh, It is quite young. Um, You know, it's one thing when Eddie Guerrero dies in 2005 or Owen dies in 99 and we're youngins, but... Now, you know, he passes away and he is a couple years younger than we are. And that's. <sighs> is that sobering to you, D.C. Matthews? It's sad more than it is sobering, especially when if the reports online are to be believed he had an external defibrillator that possibly would have saved his life. But he left it in his car and did not wear it at the time of his passing. Um, that is unfortunate. Th- the whole thing is sad and yeah. uh you know it's wasn't was, always my cup of tea but you know i think he had quite the creative mind and he definitely did some stuff that was different mm-hmm. uh, at a time when wrestle spooky wasn't pervasive you know so it was always something to uh to look out for i guess and you know i do remember very very fondly that Firefly Funhouse match with John Cena. I think I may have to seek that out and rewatch it in this man's honor. You know, I I always preferred, as much as I loved Firefly Funhouse, don't get me wrong, um, the the original Wyatt family sort of thing with the rocking chair and the Hawaiian shirt and all of that. Oh, sure. Even though he didn't say anything, I will freely admit he, he... he cut lots of promos that could not be diagrammed by any cunning linguist in the world. Um, but that match is probably his peak. That Firefly, that's probably the peak of the, uh, the creativity when it comes to, to the matches. Um, and, you know, I wasn't a huge fiend guy, but it was something different and new and very wrestle spooky, almost wrestle scary, which is not something you see all the time. Uh, so yeah, it was, you know, it was a, it was a brief career, but it shone very brightly. So out of curiosity, because obviously Luke Harper also yes. rest his soul, um, has passed as well. Um, what about Eric Rowan? I'm not, not suggesting anything about his health. Uh, just what is he doing currently? He was invited. He attended uh, SmackDown. They were all on the stage for the 10 bell salute. He was there. You had. You is, know, is he employed by any wrestling company? I do not believe so. I don't okay. know that he is involved in pro wrestling. 
Um, Braun Strowman was there, and I'm not necessarily even sure that Braun is still on the payroll, but they were he there. He for- was rehired at one point, right? He was, Post- but I actually control think your injured. narrative. Truthfully, I think he's injured. Okay. Um, but there was something about, you know, something was posted where he was either at an AEW show or I don't know. But, um, you know, you had Triple H standing next to Cody Rhodes, which I thought was interesting. And then on either side of them uh, were Rowan and Strowman, the two, sad to say, uh, surviving members of right. the Wyatt family. So, you know, I always like Braun Strowman as part of the family. It was good. It was it was very good. Uh, you Did know, he especially- have the black sheep mask yes. initially? Yeah. Yeah, he posted something about that. I was your black sheep um, and then became your brother, sort of. You know, it was a very nice, well-worded post. Hmm. Um, but yeah, you know, very sad. Hearts go out to the whole family, Mr. The, the Patriarch, Mr. Mike Rotunda and uh, Bo Dallas, of course. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I kind of forgot that uh, Mr. Rotunda was also still with us. Yep. He's from that era of wrestler, too, where, again, it pains me to say, but you wouldn't be surprised to hear yes. if he was no longer with us. Nope. Um, oh, but that's yes. unfortunate. I- IRS is still around. He was the person that I believe, you know, let Triple H know. Okay. Um, and then, of course, Bo Dallas. There is a, a sister, a rotunda sister, uh, who briefly considered a career in pro wrestling, I believe, uh, moved on to other things. But, um, yes, quite sad. I give credit to both WWE and AEW. Tributes have been pouring in. Uh, Apparently, Mr. Tony Khan has told anybody, because I believe the memorial service is happening on a Wednesday, might even be today, uh, that if they want to attend, don't worry about it. You don't need to come to Dynamite. We'll build a show around uh, whoever can't be here. Um, So that's a very kind thing to do credit where credit is due um so yeah so you know i recommend the the firefly fun the the firefly fun house match uh the battles the wyatts had with the shield in both of their early days were excellent um they even had a um a fun run against the brothers of destruction at one point mm-hmm. i know we we were maybe not we didn't we didn't love the direction of you know crucifying the brothers destruction carrying them out of the arena and then having them show up the very next night on wrestling i remember that but i remember it being some cool vision uh aesthetically it was some cool looking stuff that and they put together something fun there so we we would be remiss if we did not mention his match with randy orton where a giant sperm came down to the ring and then there were bugs in the ring for some reason. And in addition to the giant sperm, uh, there was also a graphic of a snake underneath the giant sperm. Yes. That is true. That, that is was true. that was a shot against Randy Orton, folks. Not, not Bray Wyatt, who we are eulogizing here. <laughs> oh, but yes. Very but sad. yeah, it is sad. He was very young. I, I imagine he had years of entertainment left to give. Mm-hmm. So, yes, and you know, um, I think he was was he married to former ring announcer. Her name's going to escape me right now, um, but former ring announcer. I Why believe, am I thinking JoJo? Yes, thank you. That's the right, right answer. 
Um, I believe they have a child. And then maybe possibly he was a parental figure to, to other children of Jojo. I don't know the, the whole story, but gotcha. yes. Sad times for, uh, for the wrestling world these last few days. Um, put a slight damper on what was uh, supposedly, I didn't watch it, but supposedly a very successful AEW show over in the UK. Doc, did you watch the All In? Well, you know that I didn't. We had talked about watching it together, and, and I, I never heard from you. I did not know that. I did not know if you would have watched it anyways, or if GQ or the Arsicist had made a made a trip over. Oh uh, no, no, we there was no watching of the All's Ends. Maybe we will catch the next one. Did you miss it? I don't know. I did think about it. I think on Sunday, I said, "Hmm." And I quickly sort of left my brain, but um, I think I would have liked to have seen it. I'm sure you could purchase. I heard, I actually heard that. I don't know where I heard this, but I heard the Will Osprey, Chris Jericho match was quite good. And that actually makes me want to watch it. I, you know, Will Osprey is very talented. There is no denying that he is an extremely talented athlete. And there's no denying that Chris Jericho was once a talented athlete. I'm checking cage match again. Not that that's the be all end all, but uh, 8.04 out of 10. It is the second, nope, third highest ranked match of that evening. Uh, just behind the main event, MJF versus Adam Cole and uh, FTR versus Generation Me. Which is the highest ranked? Um, MJF versus Adam Cole. I imagine that'll be one of the matches I care the least about on that card. Yeah. Apparently, they told a very good story. They've been doing a whole friendship thing where MJF is discovering the true meaning of friendship. And <laughs> uh, <laughs> that sounds all right. That sounds all right. And, you know, being buddies with Adam Cole. And then they had the match. And afterwards, there was a chance for Adam Cole to turn. And MJF basically gave him the opportunity. Look, I beat you if you need to attack me. And you know, beat me down, go for it. And he didn't, and they embraced, and it was... And then MJF turned on out of goal! No, that was, swerve, that but was swerve! Of, that was kind of how it started. At some point, they gave, you know, Adam Cole gave MJF the opportunity to attack him, and MJF wouldn't do it, so... And then Swerve Strickland came out. Uh, no. so he did compete, but I don't believe he was part of that, unfortunately. All right. All right. Okay. Uh, but the card was good, you know... The more things that happen with Mr. Brooks, the more I do start to wonder if we are all being worked and they are just playing a game. But supposedly uh, there was an altercation between Jungle Boy and CM Punk. Um, Jack Perry, Jungle Boy, may or may not have gotten put in a chokehold by CM Punk. And then, you know, that was the end of that it was fairly brief but now both people have been suspended again not necessarily sure i believe it but that is supposedly the story Who was suspended both cm punk and jungle boy supposedly were suspended jungle boy instigated but then it turned to supposedly again allegedly allegedly um 
turned to a physical altercation and so thus leading to both of them being suspended briefly then there's reports that you know at one point cm punk barged into tony khan's office and threatened to quit and then there was other reports that nobody went nobody met cm punk at heathrow airport there was no car for him so he had to find his own way to get to the you know the hotel and the arena and then there was other reports that after the incident with jungle boy rusev came up to ask if everything was okay and cm punk challenged rusev to a fight <laughs> so this is just exhausting isn't it 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 is it, it there's a lot there's a lot that is going on and again maybe this is just them playing the media circus and and sort of knowing they can rile up the the quote unquote wrestling journalists who will then in turn rile up uh all the social media people um but even if 20 percent of this is true this is just this is not how you know professional business should be done yeah well i think we've known for a while that cm punk doesn't necessarily adhere to the idea of handing himself in a professional manner no please don't put me in a chokehold cm punk i'm sorry i'm taking shots at you don't fly to my house and beat the shit out of me you want to take this outside that was the thing that i found the most hilarious was the idea of cm punk skinny skeletal old cm punk taking nero you know younger bulkier stronger probably a better actual fighter and challenging him to you know go outside like they're drunks at a bar that that was that was how i was most sports entertained all right so uh but yes good show uh page here won the women's title in london as people would expect a nice hometown victory for her could she beat uh, it was a four-way match with Tony Storm, who's now dressing like Marilyn Monroe, um, the dentist, and Hikaru Shida. Okay. So, Who ate the pin? That I don't know. Yeah. Um, I, I, like I said, didn't pay, wasn't watching. They had the stadium stampede match once again. Dean Ambrose walked around with wooden skewers sticking out of his head after they got stabbed into his forehead. I'm trying to remember what a stadium stampede match is, and I have no idea. It's basically a no-holds-barred, just, you know, bunkhouse match. Many of them were coming in in jeans and, you know, ripped-arm T-shirts. They weren't in wrestling gear. This is just a brawl. And this is now the second time, I believe, that wooden skewers have been used and jabbed into Dean Ambrose's head, and then he walks around with these wooden sticks sticking out of his forehead with blood trickling down his face. And I'm like, that is not my particular cup of tea in the wrestling world, but I'm sure there are many people who enjoy it. So. All right. But yes. So, you know, a, a, a seemingly a good time was had by all from people who watched and and that's, and that is what matters. But what matters more to me, Uh I want to know, I want to know something. All right. We all know that Doc Manson had his first summer off in probably since 
high school, maybe college. Okay. Um, is it more tiring to get back into it after an eight to 10 week break? Or do you feel actually more rested and rejuvenated because you had some time off? Hmm. I haven't really thought about that because I definitely have been tired this week. But honestly, I think I feel more rested um, than I was, you know, last semester going through these motions. Sure. So I feel more energized and productive. I feel like I gave a fun performance <laughs> and lecture today, especially. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Do you have a contract? Yes. Hey, when did that happen? Sunday. Of course. <laughs> of course. And so, mind you, they said they were waiting on these contracts because back in the day, they used to send them out like right at the start of the fiscal year, which is July 1st. But when they did that, that couldn't take into account contracted raises and merit and stuff. So they would just have to issue a letter that had your old salary plus wording to the effect of those contractually obligated increases. And they would issue those letters. And then the reason why they didn't do that this year was because they were only going to issue one set of letters in which the final number was in those contracts. Want to guess what kind of language was in the contract I received on Sunday? What was that? The prior salary plus literally, quote unquote, contractually obligated increases and merit, end quote. Like, I, I don't understand, but I don't care. As long as I get paid on payday coming up, I don't care. Fair enough. Did you miss a paycheck or did it, is it going to be? Don't know. I shouldn't. Um, from what I was told, I should not. But we'll see. I hope so. I'm hope skeptical, but we'll see. Well, good. So lecture was good. People were. Yeah. It was good. People were excited and delighted and somewhere everything. Others were groaning and rolling their eyes and falling asleep. But, you know, you can't please 500 people all the time. So it is what it is. Did you actually hear groaning? I didn't hear it, but one can presume from the looks on faces. Did you see people rolling their eyes? Absolutely. Did see people them? looking at each other and, you know. Did you call them to the carpet and say, how dare you disrespect no. me in my house? Eh, I make ample use of that self-deprecating humor, so it's fine. Fair enough. Well, I'm glad to hear it. I'm glad you feel rejuvenated. It won't last long, so let's enjoy it while we can. I, 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 I am not rejuvenated. Have I, your littles come yet? Tomorrow. Tomorrow. So we were so, on the eve yes. of Jabageddon. So today they came in for, you know, almost like a little open house sort of thing um, where they get to come in briefly. It's like for an hour, come see the classroom, meet the teacher. You know, some parents have a lot of questions. Some parents just want to get the heck out of there. Um, and after that hour, hour and 15 minutes, I was like, I am exhausted. 
the, as you so accurately put it, the performance element, the, the whole, you know, having to be on and be excited and, Hey, good to see you. Come on in, find your pencil box. How was your summer? What'd you do? I was just like, I don't, this was the first year where I was like, I don't know how much longer I can keep being that I was, I was not ready to, to perform. I was not ready to get on stage. And so the idea that I have to get on stage tomorrow for seven times longer. Oh, okay. All right. I, it, I'm sure once we get into it, it'll be fine. I won't have parents there. I won't have any of that sort of craziness. So that will help. But. Whew. Well, so you kind of did some stuff today then. I did. And we've had to sit like I had to sit in a six and a half hour meeting to learn about how we're going to use projects this year. And that's going to, you know, be something that we use to help us, you know, try to get some amount of science and social studies into the curriculum. And some, you know, some person flew out from California to give us copies of her book that she wrote and to show us the website that she made. And so we've paid her who knows how much money to, to, you know, promote all of that stuff. So this is the, the, the soul sucking part. Do you feel like they have dropped all sorts of new initiatives on you and new, I don't know if programs is the right term, but uh, Mm -hmm. new things that you have to implement over the last few years, we have had a ton of new things. And it's always, you know, in, in August, we're like, this is the big, this is going to be our big primary focus this year. This is going to be the big initiative. And then two months later, well, this is going to be this. Another thing is this is going to be the big initiative two months later. This is going to is, is your district's reading comprehension goal to have nothing lower than 96%. No, I think we'd be happy with 66% at this point. Don't talk to mutual friend of ours. Oh, yes. (laughs) No, no. We we looked at now the thing is, so you know, you you took standardized tests, not the same ones that we're doing now, but um you have done standardized tests. That I have. And they felt pretty standard to me at the time. Ah. Yeah. So the problem right now that supposedly is that the in-house assessments that we're doing, um, which say that our students are doing very well. And even these are not necessarily things that we have created. These are just other things. Do not reflect in the standardized testing. And so the solution to that this year is, oh, well, we'll just give them practice standardized tests five times a year. And that will help. So if they have these practice tests five times a year, they will be more familiar with it when the real test where it matters comes and then uh, they'll do better. And maybe there's an element of truth to that. But Sounds like a reasonable uh, thought, except of, of course, all the lost class time that has to go into 
giving them these practice things over and over and over again. Yeah. It makes me very happy that I am not um, teaching an age group that has to take standardized tests. Also, it doesn't so, even affect you. No. Good. No, it'll, it'll affect me in five times a year. I have to make sure my kids uh, shut up in the hallway. that's something i guess but but yes so yes tomorrow the the fun starts fun stuff what else is new what else is new in the life of 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 doc manson how are the pups how's the wife oh good pups are good I, th- I feel as though Lenny is biting less than he did previously. So Are that's good. That? Are you alone in that feeling? Uh, I feel like Mrs. Manson might still say that the bitey um, term applies to the dog still. But I, I, I think it's better. I think he's learning. I think it's better than it was. Um, ha- have you found... Uh-huh. You, you, you probably might not necessarily be able to see it because you're you're in it do you feel like your dogs behave differently for you oh yeah than they do for oh 100 percent. who do they behave better for it depends on the behavior okay um both of those dogs will beg me for food and they will not do that to her for sure uh, I am a pushover, and I will always give them a taste of what I am currently having myself. Um, and they know this, and so they take advantage of that. Um, so definitely, definitely, I would say that is the case. So I guess it's possible that the dog bites me less while still biting her, but I, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's possible. Okay. Um, talking to my my parentals, uh, my dad, who is 75 with two knee replacements, um, is now the primary uh, dog walker. I'm sure that's working out very well. Because apparently the dog behaves far better for him than he does for my mom. And so it, my dad could use an excuse to get out and walk. That's how he's supposed to keep himself feeling good. Sure. Um, yeah, it's fair. So maybe there's an element to that, but to hear from one of their perspectives, it's just that we need to keep the dog in line. And so Papa, the champ, does the does the walk. When when does Lenny get out into the world to start to sniff and explore? And he's been outside a little bit, but it'll probably be about two more weeks before he's like going on walks around the neighborhood. Do you have a plan of somewhere you want to take him right away to sort of celebrate the cul-de-sac? I suppose that would be exciting. Is it true that a dog, is it a cold nose or a wet nose means a dog is healthy? Is that a truth or is that truth or is that an urban legend? I, th- I, I think there's probably some truth to it. Like I think a dry nose can be a sign of illness sometimes, but I am here to tell you that wet and dry noses are um, 
they're both, they both just happen and they mean nothing sometimes. They often mean nothing, I would say. Fair enough. How about you? How's stuff? <laughs> uh, things are things are good. It's been a tiring week because we're both back to work, and that takes some adjustment. Um, otherwise, there's not a whole lot to report. Been been enjoying watching some 2004 wrestling. Um, just watched the Raw where Triple H wrestles Shelton Benjamin. You may recall that match. It's Shelton has just been drafted to Raw, and it's the thing where they both, you know, Shelton almost pins him and does the, like, this close sort of thing. Uh, we are gearing up for the Mick Foley-Randy Orton singles match. One of the highlights of Mick Foley's career. I just finished WrestleMania 20, in which the Rock and Sock Connection reunites to take on Evolution. Um, you know, uh, Bradshaw has just become John Bradshaw Layfield, so I'm obviously very excited about that. So that's that has been enjoyable to sort of go back in time a little bit and, and check that out. Uh, but otherwise, we're doing our thing. We're doing our thing. I highly recommend, if I haven't recommended this before, carrot, you know, carrot slices. Like, I get baby carrots. I cut them into smaller pieces. Dipped in spicy mustard. Very delicious snack. Didn't think I'd enjoy it, but okay. quite good. Yeah, quite I, good. I, uh, I've just been having baby carrots in my lunch. Mrs. Mm-hmm. Mance was like, ah, you, you want some hummus with that? And I was like, nah, just give me the carrots. I've been enjoying them just uh, on their own. Yeah. Uh, Did you eat vegetables a lot as a kid, or were you a non-vegetable eater? I don't think I ate them a lot, but I don't remember being particularly fussy about them. Yeah. I'm sure I just ate them. My parents are always still baffled at how many vegetables I eat compared to what I refused to eat as a child. And, you know, I remember being at some academic awards banquet or something in high school and eating a salad and my dad being just shocked that I would dare eat a salad. And I, I was like, at that point you just drown it in dressing and anything tastes good. Accurate. Uh, Mrs. Manson, I think is still anti vegetable. She says she eats them, but like she'll eat two pieces of broccoli and be like, I've had enough. I had it. I had my three green beans. I'm good. Mm. I, it does depend on the vegetable. Uh, broccoli is something that if I mix it in with a pasta sauce or a rice or something like that, I'll eat a, you know an entire bag. If uh, I, have I like broccoli on its own. Steam it up. Good to go. Same with cauliflower. Nothing, nothing on it. Just yeah. steamed broccoli. Just steamed. Wow. Delish. I actually like most of my vegetables steamed. With nothing else on it. No butter, no margarine, no salt, nothing. Just huh. broccoli, cauliflower, green beans. Um, I guess corn isn't really steamed. It's boiled. But yeah, I don't put margarine you or salt on it. that. Yeah, you could. You're right. Your um, local uh, farmer's market, we didn't go, but a week or two ago, they had a corn roast. I've occasionally cooked a corn on a grill. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. Yeah, I don't know. No, I, I um. 
for the most part, that's all I need. I find the flavor of the vegetables themselves is actually quite pleasing for the most part. Um, that's good. Yeah. What, what are your thoughts on green peppers? Not your jalapenos or your spicy ones, just a plain bell pepper. I like them. I like them. Some people I, can't really eat them because <clears throat> they kind of burp them up all night or whatever. Um, I know that's a common problem with peppers, but no, I like them. They're good. Mm-hmm. I, that was, I had carrots and pepper slices in with mustard today. <coughs> like radishes. Slice up a radish. I'll eat that just like eating raw carrots. I think I kind of prefer raw green beans to even steamed green beans, to be honest. But mm. Mushrooms? Not a vegetable. Um, but I will eat them. Not plain, though. And I suppose technically not just it's steamed. not a vegetable. It's a fungus. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. But yeah, no, I will eat a mushroom. I will eat them in different types of Asian soups and mm-hmm. so forth. We, but yeah, usually some have, sort of broth or sauce is necessary for that. We have been doing our, uh, you know, our daily New York Times crossword puzzles in the morning. And pho has appeared in like at least three of probably the last two weeks worth of puzzles. And you didn't take that as a sign that we need to get I some pho? Like- when it, when it came out the third time, I was like, I do feel like this is a sign. So we will have to put our schedules together. I never know how, you know, how comfortable you're feeling abandoning Lenny and Oscar to a lesser extent. But, you know. Oh, at this point, you're... to go out for a couple hours, I'm down. Okay. Yeah. Does he have to stay in his crate? Yeah. Yeah. He's still not housebroken at all. So the crate helps with that and minimizing accidents. Um, you know, he's still young enough that his and his bladder is small enough that he can't really hold his bladder for like even like a full work day. I mean, at this point, like a four hour, um, four hours is probably reasonable, but not much more than that. So when both so this week, when both you and Mrs. Manson have had to go to work, it's just the expectation that. Yeah, the expectation okay. is there will be something to uh, clean up in the crate. You have like disposable, you put newspaper down. Is it just disposable? Uh, we actually just put an old towel in there. We take it out. We throw it in the wash. We have a couple that we just swap between. No biggie. Yeah. And it stops it from going all over the place because, you know, they're smart enough to go on the towel. So it's absorbed and, you know, in the corner and they don't have to be sitting in it and all that. So, you know, could we use something disposable? We could, but. No, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Well, alrighty then, friend. Where do you where do you feel like going? We've got you know. Do you have a topic you want to bring up? Should we go? We do have. Last I checked, five emails. I don't know if Mrs. Manson has chimed in. Yeah, I want to know something. Yes. Um. Early access, I think, starts on Friday, and the rest of the plebeians get it next week. But uh, Starfield. Yes. Any interest in Starfield? Uh, enough that I looked on Facebook Marketplace to see if I could find a cheap Xbox. Because that's oh yeah, it's not on PlayStation. I forgot. I am a I am a PlayStation owner, and it is an Xbox game. Then I looked at the game. I kind of forgot about that. I enjoy Bethesda. Skyrim remains, I believe, my favorite video game of all time. Um, but this game reminds me of like fallout four meets no man's sky and i have played no man's sky um but i didn't love fallout four as much as i enjoyed skyrim so i don't necessarily know that i would put 
the 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 person hours into Starfield um, that I would I would love the opportunity to play it and maybe at some point I will, you know. Yeah, next I, I think the genre like is different enough, and it looks like the the moment to moment gameplay looks more shootery to me in a yeah. way that I don't expect you to really get into that's it. That's never been my that's never been my yeah. favorite type of game. So, I you know, I was, I was just curious cuz I mean basically this is their first yeah. big game in at least 6 years, yes. you know, so like Well, and then of course I saw today or yesterday something that was, you know, Obviously, now that this is coming out, they're like Elder Scrolls Six now in development. I'm like, great. Yeah, but it's going to be 20, another six years at least. In 2052, I'll play it. And, yeah, but um, now, it will legitimately be 2028 at least yeah. before that game is out. So, well, what about you? You have an Xbox, correct? Um, I have an Xbox One, which is uh, now 10 years old. Yeah, and I don't know that it's coming to Xbox One, although it might be. Um, but well, regardless, it, it's it, coming to PC, so I could okay, play it there. That was my question. My PC are is you, quite hardy, so I could play it there. Have you have you preloaded it? No, I don't intend to play it when it's new. Um, I will wait until it. it's at least thirty dollars on sale, mm-hmm. and with the other Bethesda games, my assumption here—I don't know this actually—I haven't looked. My assumption is that it will support mods, and I will be interested in having all sorts of mods installed when I do actually yeah. go to play it. So I'll be a while. I'll probably be at least six months. See if I can't get it on a good sale. Yeah, I have. I have debated when I was looking at the the Xbox. I did debate, you know, at this point, I should just save up and get a decent quality gaming computer, whether that's a laptop or a desktop. I'm sure you have opinions that desktop is clearly superior to laptops in the gaming sort of way unless there are actually pc only games that you want to play i think you'd be better served getting yourself an xbox really yeah the only reason the reason i would consider the the gaming pc would be because the amount of mods like skyrim has some mods, well that's but most- true most of the best mods are only available on PC. That's true. The, the problem is, honestly, I would say over the course of the last five years or so, the price of components to get you what I would consider a decent gaming PC, not a great one, but one that is, I would say, comparable to an Xbox or PlayStation 5, cost way more than an xbox or a playstation 5 um gpu prices have gone out of control on the pc side and like the affordable gpus i i don't yeah i mean you can buy them but i don't think they're worth buying for even the amount of money because like the the quote unquote affordable ones are going for like 400 bucks now and like that's Mm -hmm. the cost basically of an xbox one series x on its own, never mind the rest of the computer and everything else you need to go along with it. Um, unless you were really dedicated to that idea of content that's only on the PC and mods is a good one, but like I, like I don't know that you can make a or like even build a PC comparable to one of those machines 
for less than a thousand dollars. And I'm talking just the tower. I don't know if you need a monitor or a keyboard or speakers or a mouse or any of that shit. Um, like it's just not affordable. Like it was 10 years ago. I don't think. Um, yeah. and would you recommend building one as opposed to <sighs> buying one? Realistically, no, like I prefer to do it, but again, like back in the day, the reason to build your own PC was because you could do it for cheaper than yeah. a lot of the other places could get them. <sighs> a lot of times now there is no cost benefit to building it yourself. If you can get like one of the prepackaged ones, particularly on sale somewhere. Um, I don't know. I just, I feel like that whole market has sort of been upended in a way that is not favorable to consumers. So that's, you know, every time I've looked, I've been like, you know, as much, I am sure that I would put a serious amount of time and energy into gaming, I think, but you know, do I want to, if I saved for it maybe, but what do I want to spend 12 to $1,500 on probably not even a high end gaming PC. Yeah, that would that not be high need, end. That would, you know, that I would eventually need to replace parts because the new next generation of games, Elder Scrolls six or whatever. Um, I will say, I feel like PC parts have a lot of longevity in them, but the last like two console generations, I know this is going to sound strange, but like the Xbox, um, the new Xboxes and the PlayStation five, like they're really not that much better than the PS four or, or, or the previous series. X. Like they, they are like, don't get me wrong. They are, but not in like what I would consider like an old school, true, like generational leap in graphics performance or processing power like the games that are coming out on playstation 5 are pretty much the same games that could run on a playstation 4 you know what i mean like there's nothing different about these games except they're a little glossier when you look at them you know what i mean like it's not like it was back in the day so but the only thing with that is it does make me feel like and part of that has been Part of the reason for that is because, as I just told you, the PC parts. And mind you, the stuff that's in a PlayStation and is in an Xbox, they're repurposed PC parts at this point. But they can only put in what's affordable for a mass market price, right? The the, the 4090, the top-of-the-line GPU, um, retails for $1,800. Like, you, you can't put that into a $500 console, right? That's a GPU itself that is $1,800. The step down from that, the the forty eighty is twelve hundred dollars. Back in the and don't get me wrong, I never thought that level of card was quote unquote affordable. But like back in the day, like the equivalent card, like the twenty eighties or the ten eighties, those were six hundred dollar cards, not twelve hundred dollar cards, not eighteen hundred dollar cards. The market has tripled its prices, right? It's it's silly, and that is also again, stymied the ability of the console market to grow. And so I have sort of a two places here. Are they going to continue to stagnate? Like when, because mind you, at this point, the the PS5 is rumored to be looking at maybe a pro console coming out. 
Xbox says they have no plans, and I think I actually believe them on that. Um, the Switch is five, six years old at this point. The, the newer, these other consoles are what? Three years old? Four years old? Like, the next generation is probably two years away. Is that going to be a massive leap in performance? I don't know. Are the GPU companies going to decide to allow that level of performance to come out at lower price points? I'll tell you, because of the AI market, I don't think they're gonna. I think they're gonna wring every single last dollar they can out of those parts. And so what I'm saying is maybe it is a good time to buy some of this stuff because it'll last that much longer. But at the same time, we're so overdue for a true generational bump in performance that I feel like we can't be that far away from something really breaking through that glass ceiling. I, I, I don't know. I think it's a tough market to predict right now. I'd like to point out that I've considered an Xbox. I've considered a gaming PC. At no point have I considered a PS5. There is nothing that has come out. There's no PS5 exclusive games I'm particularly interested in. There, there's nothing that makes me feel like a PS5 is anything better than what I have with my dusty PS4. Yeah. Um, Don't get me wrong. There are some things that the new hardware enables, fast load times and stuff like that. And, you know, like that Ratchet and Clank game with these seamless, real quick transitions between worlds. And Sony was like, we needed to build the PS5 because you couldn't do this on any other hardware. And then that game came out on PC like two months ago and it runs just fine there. Like, you know, it's so like, I don't, yes, the hardware is better in some ways, but it's not even better in the ways that they claim it is. It's not really, I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I'll be interested when the first YouTube gameplay videos of Starfield come out. I will, I will be interested in that. Um, has Markiplier just disappeared? Uh, there was a death in the family. So I think okay. he's been uh, away sort of mourning or whatever. I think he was in Korea. Um, and yeah. Okay. And then I saw something. He was in the hospital at one point. Yeah. That, I don't think was anything serious. I know he goes in and out yeah. of hospitals, but I think he had just gotten uh, okay. fake blood in his eyes as part of the movie he was filming. I think that's what that was. Oh, and he was making a movie too. Okay. Yeah. That makes all sorts yeah. of Because, you know, I'd forgot. Oh, he has I, legitimately I, like been gone for like a month now. And supposedly yeah. this has all been that funeral stuff. So, yeah, I miss him. I was going to say, you know, I'm, I, I subscribe I, to Wade and Bob's channels, but. They're not the same on their own. No, I like um, Wade occasionally will play a game called the lunch lady, which is a horror okay. game. And I like watching him and his friends play that one, but that's about it. And Bob, it's interesting because I think I like Bob better when he's interacting with Markiplier when they do their three th things. Yeah. I feel like Wade is needlessly antagonistic and Bob can be a little bit more enjoyable to watch. Mm -hmm. But I have no interest in watching anything of Bob's on his own. No, I feel the same way. I tried, you know, I watched them play Uno countless times and I was like, Wade's played a lot of Uno. Maybe I'll watch. Nope. Nope. I don't know who any of the other people are. None of them are very interesting. Nope. Yeah. So yeah. He's got I, people I, he I, plays with who do a lot of yelling. Yeah. And I'm just like, yeah. Well, and that was, you know, the early days. And that even um, the lunch lady videos have a couple of those guys who do nothing but yell. But yeah. I, it's something about that game that I just I like watching. So 
the you know the early days of Mark Bob and Wade was a lot of that sort of it was yes, and I don't like any of it. And Markiplier seems to have moved past that into other things. Wade seems to just still yell. Mind you, like I came to Markiplier way way late, you know. So I, I went back to watch some of his earlier stuff, and I did watch through basically all his Five Nights at Freddy's um, series. But yeah, I tried branching out to some of his earlier videos just to sort of something to watch, right? But mm-hmm. yeah, that like shock jock or I don't know, scream announcer persona. Yeah. I just I can't cannot. I watched I watched him play I Am Bread, which is a rage game. Um, and that's just him screaming and it's entertaining for a bit. He played more recently getting over it. Uh, a second time. Right? Yeah. That more recent one I enjoyed watching. Yeah. I enjoy his getting over it. Cause again, a rage game I feel like is more conducive to screaming. Sure. Like that, that sort of makes sense. But he was playing with Bob and like they were in, this was back when he, before I think he moved to California. So this is very, very long ago. They're playing like a skating game, and all it is is them just screaming. And I'm like, the vocal nodules alone worry me, let alone my ears. Fair. So. Well, all right. I, I look forward to seeing other people play Starfield, and maybe maybe someday I will partake. You know, knowing me, it'll be three or four years from now, right when Elder Scrolls Six is about to come out, that I'll be like, oh, nope, I'm, I'm going to. I really I'll don't think Elder Scrolls stuff. 6 will be out in three or four years. 2028 is almost three or four years away. I think it's going to be at least six. <laughs> All right. Let us get to our emails, our emails, podcast at ddtwrestling.com. We have five emails today, including two from a bestie we have not heard from in quite a while, and we're delighted to see this name in it. But the first one comes from Brandon Banks. Subject line, it's in. My email is in, just coming in under the wire or starting off the emails next week. It'll be read this week. Who knows? That's it. That's the email. It was a great show. I know it sent from my iPhone. I think it was a great show. Thank you for the email, Mr. Banks. Next up is Nate, value of wrestling. Good afternoon, my friends. AEW put on the biggest show of all time last weekend, but between the minimal advertising slash promotion and lackluster build, it didn't feel like it. Even so, now the show will now be remembered for the Punk Perry incident. I almost don't want to give the show a chance. What stopped you guys from checking it out? Just curious. I have an idea, though. Uh, COVID. COVID's really the only reason I think we didn't check it out. If wrestling was accessible for both of you right now and you had time, would you start watching more? If not, it's because there's no great stories and summer lull or just nothing you're into. I'm off and on. All out looking like a pay-per-view I'd enjoy, but I just can't justify paying $45 to $50 for a wrestling show that I'm not attending. Cheers to you both. Love you. Have a great night. I'm off to the state fair this weekend. Now to work again. Sent from my iPhone SE. It is fair season. That is the most uh, exciting thing about that well, I don't mean to say it's the most exciting thing about your email. Everything about your email is exciting. But I am excited for the autumn and the fall because fair season is fun. I like going to fairs as well. And there should be one coming up, a big one in the area this weekend, right? It's Labor Day, so mm-hmm. that should be fun. We'll have to go. Um, no, uh, I wouldn't watch it more I, if I was more accessible. 
I I take slight umbrage with the idea that AEW put on the biggest show of all. Well, time. It was the biggest gate of all time, right? Or biggest, most attended show of all time or something. I read something that they had sold more or just in the UK. Is that what, what was the figure? Yeah. It was something. I believe maybe this is the biggest show for AEW. I want to say, no, I want to say it was like whatever I was. I thought I read something about being industry wide, the biggest something, something. No, WWE has had close to 100,000 people. Yeah. In maybe I'm wrong. What was the what, what is the record pay. then? Because you're right. Because that you're right. When I, when I think about that, even a little bit, it starts falling apart. But yeah, that's it. I'm like, you know, did they perhaps have the best for them? You know, certainly it was the their best in London. Eighty one thousand thirty five fans from more than seventy countries. Uh, there was not only here, but also from Minimal Forest Worldwide. Uh, global paper event becomes AEW's highest grossing event in history and biggest pro wrestling event ever held in Europe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Maybe it was bigger than SummerSlam 1992. Okay. Sure. Sure. It was bigger than something 31 years ago. Was it bigger than... And Clash one of the Clash. largest pro wrestling gates of all time. So yeah, one of, not the. Okay. So... Still a big show for them, regardless. Big show for the industry, regardless, but not yeah. necessarily the biggest. The, the reason I did not watch, A, I had multi-reasons. Number one, there were some family things going on that needed to be addressed, so this weekend was not one for that sort of thing. Um, number two, I'm not spending money to watch it myself. Had I been home and free, I would have gone over to Manson Manor and watched it there um, for the camaraderie and also to see a show because 1 p.m. pay-per-views make me happy. I'd like to point out Lenny's been here for about 10 minutes and we're not giving him nearly enough love. I'm Except Doc has now just been kissing him since I started talking. Forehead? Nose. Forehead? Nose. Is that is that your thing? It is at the moment because he's letting me like do it. I'd like to point out I was going to say, he is not like licking your face. He is just, it's, I can only see the tip of his snout, but he appears to be just drinking it all in. Yeah, he's mostly asleep, to be honest. Uh, um, but as I said, way less bitey than he was. There you go. Um, I would imagine Doc Manson didn't watch because he doesn't care about wrestling as much anymore. Well, that's the big all. thing. But also, I think uh, there was a uh, issue in the friend group that prevented everyone from getting together. I didn't know whether you were available or not, but I assumed true. Yeah. That's also true. Yeah, that's also true. Uh, wrestling is accessible, and I watch a ton of it. Uh, I just don't watch current wrestling. Well, I think that's what he and means, not, right? I mean, and I and I am watching. I'm three or four weeks behind, but I watch weekly Ring of Honor. Do you? I do. Is it good? I think so. Um, do you watch weekly think- Impact at all? I heard that is supposed to be quite good these days. No, I have access to both. I could, I suppose, watch current impact, but I don't. Moose is still there. And I'm like, I don't want to pay any attention to stupid Moose. What's wrong with Moose? Um, What's wrong with Moose? I thought Moose was maybe not canceled, but I thought Moose was a problem. Is he? 
I don't know. All right, I don't, I don't I know. Thought so I thought he he associated with some trainer that oh. had inappropriate relations with his the trainees and hmm. that sort of thing. But that might be a guilt by association thing. So I might be judging a bit too harshly. Um, I I do have access, and I would be. I should figure out if there's a way for me to transfer the access over to our email rather than just my email. Because I would be willing to share the love and then give you the opportunity, potentially, if you chose, and you wouldn't have to, there's no pressure, but then you would have the ability to watch Ring of Honor or Impact. Well, thank you for that. So, um, but that's, you know, so I watch plenty of wrestling um, in my week. Watching current WWE, there's just too much of a commitment. Like Regal's kid is in NXT right now, wrestling in some big tournament. I want to watch it, but I don't want to. But I don't want to watch it. I. It's also, I think NXT is one of those things where it's not posted on Peacock until a week later. Mm. And then it's just, uh, yeah. So. All right. Um, but yes, this weekend Whoa, is all out. Bless you. Bless you. My goodness. You know, uh, AEW doing a weird sort of, we're having two pay-per-views back to back. So this week, you know, we talked about Luchasaurus versus Darby Allen. We get Miro versus Powerhouse Hobbs. We get Ruby Riot versus Chris Statlander, the alien, I believe. That should be good. That should be a good match. Um, I think there's a match on on Dynamite this evening between Orange Cassidy and Pentagon, which I think you would like. You like both of those people. Yeah, sounds all right. The winner of that match will take on John Moxley at All Out. So is Orange Cassidy still a belt holder of some sort? He is. He is still, I believe, the AEW International Champion. Cool, cool. So, um, but yes, and I could understand. I want to know if if Nate is going to the Minnesota State Fair. I need a serious recap because I have always heard that the Minnesota State Fair is ridiculous. In terms of its size, it's like take our regional big fair and quadruple it, if not more. Oh, fun! There are there are YouTube videos just about you know. Here are all the foods. So you're you saying can you can get a corn dog? I'm saying you can get a ridiculous amount of stuff. So <laughs> you can get a corn dog that's not dipped in cornbread batter; it's dipped in cheese curds that are each individually fried, and then some. Like it's it's ridiculous. All right. Okay. Sounds good to me. So, our next email is, yay, yay, yay. We are hearing from Danielle. This is a two-parter, because I imagine she has a lot to say. She's going to catch us up. End of August, part one. Hello. This email might be a little heavy, just FYI. Too, uh, Too long didn't read. Elder dogs declining health. I have binge listened to the summer episodes of DDT while cleaning the house and completing errands over the past week. I also don't listen to as many podcasts as I used to, and you guys are always top-notch and the best. Thank you. I'm awaiting some, I'm awaiting some updates on my... Se- I'm going to pause for a minute. Is this going to be triggering for you? Mike. I'm starting to... Re- Would you like to no, take a break? No, let's go. It's okay. Okay. It's all right. 
I'm awaiting some updates on my 17-year-old dog. It's just going to make me hug this one a little bit closer, I think. I adopted her in 2010, and two weeks ago, she had a terrible cough. Ziva, being the ranch dog on my family's ranch in Huntsville, she's always gotten to roam 100 acres and have a peaceful life. Well, my mom takes Ziva to the vet, and they discover congestive heart failure, and she begins taking medications. Four days later, she's still vomiting up the meds, water, and food. She returned to the vet yesterday afternoon, and they swapped out medications. Her coughing has disappeared, but now she still won't eat and hardly has any energy to do much of anything. She's a very tiny and hyper dog, which pretty much represents my energy levels when I'm 100% awake. My family and I are already beginning to accept that she may pass away as soon as today or into this weekend. It's been six days now, and she hasn't eaten any solid foods. I appreciate the email. I appreciate the update, but this is depressing. Just coming right out there. She has had liquid foods, but that is like living off 10% battery, small help, but not long-term health gains. Ziva, by the way, was named after my favorite TV show from my high school days, NCIS. My family thought I was going to name her after a wrestler, but at the time, I didn't really want to do that over a wrestler who would then pass away. Ziva's not the first pet I've ever lost, but she is my first pet. I've been saying that she's the last of the outlaws end of an era pet because she is the last remaining pet from my childhood and teen years. She will be the 15th or 16th pet I've lost due to aging and or health problems. Wow. That's a lot of pets. That's a lot of love. I am amused a little at the timing of the universe. I adopted Ziva during a new moon phase, and she's on the decline during the only blue moon of 2023. Also, it's a supermoon as well, meaning it's when the moon is closer to Earth's orbit and will seem larger for today, tomorrow. I will point out this email was sent, oh, two hours ago, so we are talking about today. Symbolic, yes, and helps me grief some. I'm glad Ziva never moved to Oklahoma with me. I tried to bring her to Oklahoma City one winter, and she escaped three times from the fenced-in yard. She also escaped with my sister's dog, Princess, or Prissy, who passed away at least four years ago. These two dogs were like the bestest of besties and so hyperactive and wild. So after that attempt to take the dogs to Oklahoma, my family opted into keeping the pets on the ranch. That's also how I ended up adopting cats living in this apartment. They're easier to take care of and are somewhat solitary creatures. My boyfriend and I have talked about adopting a dog, but right now is not the time to do so because of the small apartment. We already have two cats, and you're burying the lead a bit. My boyfriend's allergic to dogs. That hardly matters, DC. While this email has been heavier, I will end the email on that note. Also attached is a picture of Ziva, and if I can find it, I want to share via X slash Twitter a cute video of Prissy and Ziva running through the tall grass. Cheers, Danielle. We have, the vi- we have the picture. I do not believe we have seen the video, but we will all look forward to seeing that. How are we doing? We're okay. Okay. You got very quiet, and I was like, I probably should have told you to take a walk before we read No, this. no, no. It's, it's, it can be sad, and I, 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 I uh, sympathize, you know, with Danielle on that one. So, you know. Mm-hmm. It's all part of the deal. I'm, you know, I we have never had pets here. Um, there have been many 
dogs in my life as a kid and from you know my parents having them um only this last one i believe passed away of old age or from old age complications almost every other one it has had some other sort of issue so that is not something that i've ever had to really process so i I'm, i hope this was therapeutic for for danielle to write it and for people to hear it um and now it is up to Glenn to raise the mood <laughs> here in the in, in the podcast. AEW All In. Would you like me to read this one as well, or are you good? I got this. Hi, guys. Just a few words on AEW's All In. Best match on the show was Generation Me versus FTR. Actually showed how good Generation Me can be at wrestling, they're not going over the top with gimmicks. The women's title, Fatal 4-Way, suffered from being too short. Interesting. Uh, Soraya training at home with her family obviously helped her. And Tony Storm looks a million dollars in her new gimmick. The stadium stampede didn't need to happen. The trio's title match was entertaining. Samoa Joe looked better than he has in a long while against CM Punk. Oh, I think I saw... I don't know if it was a video or an animation of the two of them doing Hulk Hogan moves to one another. And it kind of made me smile. There's a picture of um, Joe giving Punk a big boot and a stream of bloody saliva. Oh, wow. Punk's <laughs> mouth. It's like frozen in the air. Yeah, I, I saw like CM Punk uh, do the the ear call thing to the audience and then uh, I think drop a boot, but then Joe hulked up and then threw him into the ropes instead of a boot. I think he did a power slam is what I saw. Um, but it, yeah, it looked, it looked fun anyways. Um, the way he's going, Darby Allen is going to end up in a wheelchair by the age of 40. Sting with a cricket bat rather than his usual baseball bat also was fun. Majif versus Adam Cole hugging it out at the end of their match sent everyone home happy. On the whole, spent £14.99 and was suitably sports entertained. Thanks, as always, Glenn Double N, period. That is the issue, and I understand there are ways for us to get it for UK prices. If they were charging 15 even 20 bucks for a pay-per-view, this might have been something I'd have bought a replay of or something like that. When, but for 15, when, when we watch at Manson Manor, we are watching via VPN that puts us in Cornwall, and I do pay UK prices. Yeah. That I would, I would be more, you know, I pay money for Impact streaming. I pay money for Ring of Honor. Um, we have Peacock. Thank you, besties. Uh, so it's not like I'm not willing to give money. It's just I need it to be a reasonable amount. Agreed. And so yeah, agreed. That is the issue. All right. Brace yourselves. Danielle, end of August, part two. Hello. Now with part one's email complete, let me respond to some discussions that were had over the summer and some other not great deaths that have occurred last week or ones I just found out about. That implies there are great deaths. Well, I mean, there probably are some. Bray Wyatt, as I figure y'all will talk about his passing. We True. Did. That one got me, and as a creative, I'm just sad we won't get to see any further developments with his characters. 
Agreed. Yeah, definitely a huge loss potential. Not to retread, but R.I.P. Bob Barker. Oh yeah, did not mention this that. one hit us hard 90, in the Manson household. At age ninety nine, I will co- copy the joke I've heard many times. He got very close to one hundred without going over. That's a dollar on the wheel, though. So you kind of messed up the delivery. Oh, whatever. Lucas, my boyfriend, and I have been watching How I Met Your Mother, and that's always the first scenes I think of with Bob Barker. Oh, no, no, it's Happy Gilmore. That's the only right first scenes to think of with Bob Barker. Correct. Price is wrong, bitch. Uh, Mrs. Nudstat passed away in late May. She and her husband were founders of expansive literature at the University of Oklahoma, and helped build World Literature Today and the New Stat Festivals and Awards. The annual festival is coming up in October, as always hosted on OU's campus. I've gone or read the books that'll be discussed for at least 10 years, and it's the second, it's the 22nd reason I enjoy living in Norman. That implies you've made a list and there are 21 other ones. Well, it implies I'm maybe there's saying, even more than 22. I'm not saying I want to hear them all, but a, a, a smattering would be nice. Cormac McCarthy, who wrote All the Pretty Horses, The Road, and my first personal favorite, Blood Meridian, passed away in June. He published a set of books in December that have now been added to the Barnes & Noble wish list. So yeah, oof. Lots of endings going around my world this week, which leads me to ask some questions that are not related to what I've emailed about. All right. Sounds scary. I jumped off the couch, scared my two cats, and yelped (laughs) when I saw that the first episode was up a couple of weeks ago. I have a friend who has a fear of clowns. I guess I won't show her that movie or episode. It's fun! Watch that movie! It's fun! Which is a future Sound Scary email I want to send about, well, fears related. Anyways, what's that email again if people want to send? Email at soundscarypodcast.com. Number two, horror books. Mm. I've been in the mood to read horror stories. Maybe it's because I have begun to enjoy horror and all the complexities in its various themes. While browsing BNN, I found more Stephen King that I'd like to read and some Dean Koontz that I will save for another day. Doc, are there any horror stories you recommend? Today's National Frankenstein Day, speaking of. <laughs> and I have that book already. Is it really a National well as- Frankenstein Day? as well as the Barnes & Noble's top 20 horror book, House of Leaves. I haven't read It, Something Wicked, This Way Comes, or any new horror books. What are your thoughts on horror books? Any recommendations? Um, you know, I haven't been reading a lot these last, oh, geez, 20 years or so. <laughs> but, um, yeah, House of Leaves. Have you read House of Leaves? Because House of Leaves is supposed to be Excellent. So, uh, and I know that that is a book that does not lend itself to ebooks. The way in which it is written, I know, um, relies very heavily on the physical medium. As I understand it, like there are notes in the margins and like things are written different ways and there are footnotes. And yeah, as I understand, it's like the closest thing to being like meta within a book you can be. So, yeah, that book really, really interests me. Um, if you've read it, I'd like to know if you did like it. Because um, it's one that I, I always look at on Amazon and say, oh, I need to actually pick that up. Um, and again, I know that it, I don't even think an ebook of it exists because I know it's so 
ingrained into the physical format with the different ways it's presented. Um, but yeah, um, Dean Koontz. I like a lot of Dean Koontz's earlier work. He turned into like a weird, almost like mystery thriller writer for a while there. But like his earlier, more horror theme stuff, I like a lot. Um, I enjoyed the original Odd Thomas book. And his Frankenstein series, I used to have. I don't know if I still have it. But I used yeah, to like I'm, I'm talking actually even the stuff before that, I think. Odd Thomas, was that? He wrote a book called TikTok. And was Odd Thomas related to that? I can't remember. But that was like a weird one too. TikTok was kind of neat. Um, but like, I mean, there's some classic, like, even like 80s horror movies like Watchers. That's based off of a Kuntz book. I always enjoyed one called Cold Fire. I haven't read that one in a long time. But I remember that one being fun, different. Uh, I enjoyed that one. Um, Stephen King has tons of great ones. Although I, I do think that Stephen King... I, don't, I, I really do find it odd that Stephen King is as popular as he is, given how long some of his books are, given his proclivity for writing about weird sexual situations with children hello it um I, but i mean you know he did a lot of cocaine so i guess you have to forgive some of that um but yeah i don't know i do think it is excellent if you haven't read the stand and i think the stand is excellent um but i mean even like his early some of his some of his early works some of the are, are even if you haven't read those are super tight like carrie his first book that he, at least published under his name is a very quick read and excellent. Um, I really enjoy The Shining. I think Stanley Kubrick's Shining is very different from the book, actually. And I, I do really enjoy the book itself. Um, never finished the Dark Tower series, but I liked the first three books quite a bit. I hated the fourth one, which I think is why I never finished it. But the first three, I think, are sure. great. Um, I... Different seasons is always the one I recommend. Yeah, not necessarily. Well, I, there's, there's, I don't know if you would call it horror suspense. Definitely, um, I did read Cell, which was very long, but I did read that. Yeah, I didn't love that one. I, I read Under the Dome, which was ridiculously long. I started it, then finish it. Didn't catch me. It was a very cool idea. Yes. Um. And I think it's only become actually probably more relevant, the themes of that book in post-2016 America. Oh, definitely. So, you know. But I was always a big fan of, uh, I think, a British author, Brian Lumley. He had a series of books. Um, the first book was called Necroscope. And then there was a whole series of books after that. I think those books are great. I love those books again. But those are again 80s we some weirdness and and stuff in there for sure. Um but he's got a whole he's got a very deep catalog. I, I love all the necroscope books, but I like all his stuff. I like uh in a couple of books I think House of Doors and its sequel Maze of Worlds which I thought were good. There was another trilogy starting off with a a book called Psycho Mech. I think was the first one. Psycho Mech, I think, which was a, a cool one. Um, so yeah, Brian Lumley has a lot of good horror stuff. Uh, if you if you want to go back, if you haven't read stuff by Richard Mathewson, Richard Mathewson, I feel like, is the granddaddy of horror literature. He's got a lot of short stories, which are great. But again, this is the guy who wrote I Am Legend, The Legend of Hell House. Um, 
yeah, he's got a lot of really great stuff. So I would pick up a couple of his short story collections and read through those as well. Um, you know, he wrote the screenplay for Duel, which was Steven Spielberg's first made-for-TV movie about a person on a road tr- driving cross-country in this little Pinto that's terrorized by an unseen driver of a Mack truck. That script is excellent. That movie's pretty good, too. Um, he wrote, uh, what was it, Terror at 30,000 Feet, the Twilight Zone episode with William Shatner originally. Um, he wrote a bunch of stuff for the Twilight Zone. But yeah, Richard Matheson is great. Um, uh, that's all I got at the moment, I guess. But yeah, like I said, I haven't done a lot of reading, especially over the last 10 years. I should get back into it, but I just haven't. Anyways, DC, would you like to continue reading this email? Number three, Discord. Wait, y'all have a Discord chat? Can I join? Yes, I just posted the link. There you go. It's in the it's in the best chat. Four, Doc, your exams and grading solution. With last week's episode where you talked about that bad idea with a coworker and then shared it with the podcast, I wanted to say that the system you are putting into place is brilliant. Well, thank you. I am for that type of grading and learning opportunity because it allows the student to have an honest control over their own grade. Bonus is that it prevents or derails the end of the semester. How can I pass this class? Emails. No, it doesn't. No. You will still get I'm still going to get them. You will still get those. How many emails have you gotten just in the first couple of days? 70. I mean, I'm okay. just guessing, but it's actually probably in the ballpark. Like, um, I will also point out that I explained your grading solution to my wife, and she also thought it was brilliant. really. And why the hell she hasn't did. anybody else done it? Maybe it's possible that this is such a novel and genius idea. You may be the first person to really put it into practice. It just seems so you obvious, may- doesn't it, though? I don't know. That, I'm sure many people who created great ideas or products said the same thing. Write your book, patent it, get, get yourself, you know, start doing tour in the college circuit, explaining your wonderful idea. Yeah. All right, let's do it. Number five, Starbucks. Yes, we all know that pumpkin spice lattes they are, are back, and I told myself that I should wait until the middle of September. Me too. Except I walked into the store Saturday and I ordered two fall drinks. One, I don't want to have. Oh, what's he got? Rose, Rosemary's, ba- Rosemary's baby. Yes, indeed. Pumpkin ale brewed with spices times. and aged in rum barrels with vanilla beans. I bought a six pack. I couldn't help it. It's delicious. One, I didn't want to have again. Apple crisp oat milk shaken with blonde espresso. Gross. And the one that Sounds I adore. Like Could have been good. But is one I recommend for anyone who wants some pumpkin. Iced pumpkin cream chai tea latte. It's the pumpkin creamy foam that has me hooked. I can actually see those flavors going well together. I've always liked chai tea, and when you combine this with the cream, yum. I never, ever, ever order chai tea. Although I think I've had maybe one in my life. And I do remember quite liking it. But for some reason, I never get it. I feel like every time I'm in a place that serves it, I could get a coffee. And so I inevitably get the coffee. I am now a daily tea drinker. Real tea or herbal tea? Not that it, I'm not trying to shame. I'm just curious. Do you, are you going for the flavors or are you going for like 
black, there white, green. Pomeg- there is a pomegranate tea, um, a green tea, that my wife bought from the Spice and Tea Exchange, which is a common popular store in like, you know, there's one in um, Portsmouth, close to uh, the Friendly Toast. There's one down, you know, the, in many of the those sorts of cities has one. Um, and I tried it because it's caffeinated and I was feeling a little sluggish and it's delightful. I'm glad to hear it. My wife prefers it with a little bit of honey. I opt for lemon juice. I also like honey in my teas. Uh, let's see here. Six, DC, finally. Since most of my praise was geared toward Thank Doc, you. you get to select the next DDT episode I listened to from over the past two years. That's how far behind I Really? Was. You can just pick a month or a year and just a certain number of episodes back for me to listen to next. Um, please turn your podcast hymnals to the March 17th episode from this calendar year. Uh, the only reason I'm doing it is for the title. Please listen to the episode titled Fart Confetti. <laughs> I believe that was a very entertaining episode. Nothing will beat customized genitals, but that's pretty good, too. Seven, Western horror. I'll be participating in a writing contest in October, and the genre I want to win from this lottery system is Western plus horror genre mashup. It's a short story competition, but that got me thinking. What are some tropes of Westerns and or horror stories that are a bit annoying? What about ones that are a staple in these stories? I'm curious to hear your responses about Westerns, horror, and the idea of them combined. Link is here for the contest if you want to look at the other five category combinations. The Globe Soup Genre Smash Challenge. While I check out that link, Doc, talk to us about Westerns and horror. Well, I mean, you're more the expert on Westerns here. Um, And I don't know. Are there tropes in Westerns? I, I suppose having giant hats is one. Um, having your, your, your big shootout duel at high noon, I guess is another, um, having the, the standoff. I mean, that could be part of a duel, I suppose, but it doesn't have to be part of a duel. Um, and certainly, but see, I'm, I'm used to the language of movies also. So like in a movie, you know, like I'm thinking like, you know, one of the, uh, spaghetti Western Serge, uh, Sergio Leone, right? Like having like the back and forth in the duel where you're going from the eyes to eyes to hands to hands, you know, like that kind of stuff. I don't know that that works in the written format, those sorts of visual tropes. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess having, I imagine like having like the sage native American would be a trope probably from that genre. Right. Probably. Uh, and, and yeah, like, I don't know, like, uh, Geez, probably having a character who is a uh, casket maker, uh, having a, I won't necessarily say a, a hooker, but, you know, the, 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 the woman with the heart of gold. That, that is exactly what I was going to say. The young prostitute with the heart of gold was exactly what I was going yeah, to say. Yeah. Uh, the guy playing the piano um, at the bar. The, the, 
Yeah. You know, there is one, the Lonesome Dove series by Larry McMurtry. I have read each of those books multiple times. I'm not into Westerns outside of that. But and again, I'm probably also thinking in film parlance as well. The riding the horse alongside the train to try to get on to <laughs> the train to then rob it. I hold silver the dam- away. The damsel in distress tied to the railroad tracks while the villain twirls his mustache. Mustachioed villain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, I will point out when you go to the genre smash challenge, weren't you talking about Isekai on a previous yes. episode? Uh, one of the genres is an isekai plus crime matchup. All right. I accept that challenge. I would I would be looking for the alternative history slash fantasy. That would be the genre. I would and so for those of you who may not remember our previous episode, isekai is being reincarnated in a fantasy world, um, usually one that operates underneath some sort of game-like leveling up logic, although not necessarily. Mm. These two emails were a lot, but they were reported. Lots were reported and questions asked. I hope you and all the besties enjoy this first weekend of September and can rest with the three-day U.S. holiday weekend coming up. Until next time, Danielle, sent from my HP all-in-one desktop, sent via my internet that was down for two days and was making me irritable. Glad to have you back. Uh, Danielle, a delight to have you back. Um, please feel free to ignore this suggestion. I will. Oh, sorry. You, but, but I'd like to know more about Lucas, if that's at all possible. Who's Lucas? The boyfriend. Oh. Did she mention that name in these emails? Yes. I completely glossed over it. That's okay. You were too busy, I am sure, uh, thinking of what your piece of positivity would be. Um, <laughs> I love the panicked look every week. I feel like this like look this was new- especially panicked. Um, what do you got that is positive going on this week besides the new contract that is exactly the same as the old contract? Very weird. Um, yeah, weird as it sounds, I guess, being back at work, like it has been a change of pace and I'm not going to say I like being back, but it is good to be busy, you know, like it's good to have something to do and be focused on something like. It's been enjoyable-ish. Ish. Which, you know, now that I'm a year out from making the change and I've left behind a lot of my responsibilities for the old position, I say a lot because I had an email this week with something related to the old job that I did have to fucking deal with. um, But I dealt with it. Um, But yeah. um, It just feels weird to... Not be pulled in a thousand directions. That <laughs> yeah, so I guess I'll give that my piece of positivity. Plus, I've got a sleeping puppy on my chest right now. So, I don't know, man. Life's okay. Life's pretty good. Life's pretty yeah. Good. How about you? What's your piece of positivity? This is a weird one. Um, we spent the summer, my wife and I, uh, that was very different than most of our summers. Our summers are usually spent, as you well know, from being part of this podcast for so many years, listening fervently as you do. Uh, we are gone, you know, two, three weeks out of the summer, if not more. We're 
traveling here. We're traveling there. We're going to stay with family. We're doing all of this stuff. We didn't do, uh, we hardly did any of that. We went to a, I think we spent one night in a hotel and that was technically for a work conference sort of thing. Um, we spent a lot of time this summer uh, working for the idea of future us. So this is probably something that you've heard before, but in case you haven't, um, there is present you that is currently existing. There is past you and then there is future you. And if you can do things as present you that will benefit future you, when future you becomes present you, you will be very grateful for past you um, for doing these things. So we did a lot of things, you know, getting the, the comfortable chair that I'm sitting in recording this podcast, um, doing lots of home repairs and getting a new refrigerator and doing all of that stuff and, and making sure that everything is stocked up so that this week as we transition back to work and my wife took a year off and so this has been a an even more challenging transition getting back into the swing of things. Um, it has been quite smooth, I will say, uh, and relatively painless. So all of that stuff that we did between late June and mid-August has actually really paid off. And so I am very grateful. The piece of positivity is that idea that you can work to make life easier for yourself down the road does it make the present you know would we have rather gone to the beach and stayed at a hotel and done all of that fun stuff sure but instead now i'll go to work tomorrow much easier than i did most first days of school so that's a very strange way of, of, for going with a piece of positivity but that idea of putting in the work and the effort to make life better later is what i got well all right there friends thank you for joining us on another fun filled episode uh doc manson anything else you would like to say before we head out into that good night uh yeah i uh is that a good panic book for this one this time it, i could see the, ah! the first one the first one it was well, I mean, if you want to have your thoughts read on the air, you can send us an email, podcast at ddtwrestling.com. If you like what you've heard, and how could you, head over to patreon.com forward slash ddtwrestling to send just a little bit of financial support our way. It does help us keep the lights on, and it keeps this podcast train moving alongside a cowboy on a horse trying to outpace it in order to save the prostitute with the heart of gold who is been tied to the railroad tracks and is currently being snickered at by a mustachioed villain man with tiny little spectacles and a big hat. He is Doc Manson at Doc Manson. My name is DC Matthews at the DC Matthews. Have yourselves a delightful uh, holiday weekend if you're in the U.S. If you're in the U.K., I don't know what's happening this weekend, but I hope it's wonderful. Uh, until we meet again, my friends, won't you be our besties?